You know, standing is a biblical thing throughout Old Testament and New Testament, taking a stand. And many of us have times in our history where we took a stand, where we felt threatened, where we took a stand with our faith, whether it's in our marriage or whether it's uh, with our children. Uh, maybe you own a business and there was a crunch financially and you took a stand trusting in the Lord. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, be on your guard, stand firm in your faith, uh, be courageous, be strong. In Ephesians 6, uh, talks about spiritual warfare. And I love the phrase, uh, having everything, having done everything to stand, stand firm. Having everything, done everything to stand. And he talks about the different armor that we can put on, uh, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, uh, breastplate of righteousness. How many are thankful for that, that I'm, that I'm righteous, that I'm forgiven in Christ, uh, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Having ev done everything to stand, he says, therefore stand firm. And I love that picture. Moses, imagine the nation of Israel, you know, they're just rescued and have gone through the Red Sea and they think they're home free, you know, and then all of a sudden they got in a battle. Some uh, enemies came and they were frightened. And, and, and Moses said to them in Exodus 14, don't be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord you will bring, will bring you today. And in Second Chronicles, some of you are familiar with Jehoshaphat who led the choir out in front of the army. And, uh, uh, you know, they were terrified. They had three nations come against them. And I love his phrase in, in that prayer. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then he turned to the people and the Lord said, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. And the Lord will be with you. I'm here thankful the Lord is with us. Amen. It's not our strength, but it's in Him. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and be seated. And I'm going to talk about this just a little bit this morning. If I can massage it a little bit, uh, uh, that would probably be good. So when Cheryl and I uh, and the team uh, returned from Guatemala last week, I'll be honest with you, I was a little shocked at what was happening in the United States. I've been in Guatemala. <laughs> I've been in a town of 500 people up in a little village called La Oscarana. And uh, of course, there's not much um, website action going on up, up there. And, and, and when we got back to the United States and, and we pop on the internet again and we hear there's no sanitizer in the department stores or, or grocery stores or that there are fights in the aisle over toilet paper. He's like, what's going on? I don't know if you saw on Facebook the commemorative earrings uh, for 2020. These gold hoop earrings with a roll of toilet paper on the bottom. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Who comes up with this stuff? It's just, uh, anyway, a little comic relief is always, always good. But anyway, I was, I was just a little shocked. It, it, it kind of took me all week to try to get up to speed. I mean, what's happening? What... What is going on? And I, I don't in any way want to try to communicate arrogance. I think we can be arrogant and think, well, it won't happen to me. You know, and, and so I think we can be a little bit arrogant. I think we can be disrespectful of leadership, uh, our president's leadership, our governor's leadership uh, here in our state, leadership by public health officials, uh, school officials, you know, just the canceling of schools and all these. All week long, it's just, I've been trying to catch up. Thursday morning, found out that the governor had restricted meetings of more than 250. And normally on a Sunday morning, you know, that would be us. And I just thought, well, you know, I think a lot of people are going to stay home, so let's go ahead and do it. And, uh, but encourage people to please feel permission or whatever release to stay home. Use it as an opportunity for ministry to a neighbor, whatever. I, I just still wanted to gather and pray and, and contend with you. Um, but I realized there is a concern. And especially for some of us who are a little older, including me, uh, our grandson called on Saturday morning. Uh, his name's Ash, and he's seven years old. And he said, he's so adult now, by the way. You know, he says, hi, Grandma. How was your trip to Guatemala? She said, well, that's good. You know, it's kind of hard to catch up to speed with him too. He's growing so fast. And, and, well, how are you feeling? Because, you know, we've been out of the country. Now we're coming back. And, 
you know, he's, he, I mean, seven-year-olds hear about this stuff, you know. You, you think sometimes your kids don't know. Your kids know. They're very perceptive and they're very aware of what's going on. They're aware, very aware of the concern. You know, school's canceled because of the coronavirus. So he's concerned. How are you feeling? Because he knows we're a little older. And, and she says, well, you know, good. And, well, we got to be, be concerned about uh, Grammy and Poppy, which is Cheryl's mom and, and her husband. She's 85 and, and Grampy is 93. And, uh, you know, we got to be concerned. Yeah. yeah. And then so Grandma said, yeah, I know. Yeah, we're, we're praying for them. Oh, good. Hey, you want to talk to my sister? You know, and it just, it just goes on. But nevertheless, um, it's, in our, it's on our community. People are thinking about it. People are talking about it. So I don't think being disrespectful is helpful. Uh, I, I think people expect Christians to be disrespectful and arrogant. You know, that God will protect me. Well, I hope he does. But, but I just don't want to communicate that attitude. The, the, the world's looking to us. I don't know if you... I was on the news, on Channel 12 News. I got a phone call Thursday morning. Uh, we need a pastor to talk about what your church is doing in response to coronavirus and the cancellation of, you know, this stuff. And I thought, oh, good grief. Why are they calling me? Leave me alone. I don't know why they called me. It's Medford, you know. Anyway... I was on the news, and, and the world is looking to see how the church is going to respond, and how respectful are we going to be to authority, and are we going to be defiant, and, and things like that. And I just, I just feel like it's important for us to, 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 be, to be respectful. Uh, I, I appreciate the concern of our president uh, closing down borders. There are states that are closing down borders. I appreciate our governor, you know, canceling things, you know, baseball. Can you imagine basketball? March Madness, who would have thought, you know, that it would be canceled? I don't even know if I'll make it through this next season emotionally. But anyway, <laughs> um, they're trying to give guidance. And there are practical reasons for it. Uh, there are practical reasons. Um, I, you know, I read an article. Actually, I didn't read it. My wife wrote it to me because she's trying to get me up to speed. I'm the, you know, I'm the case or or whatever it will be, will be kind of person. And she's the more practical one in our family. So she read me an article last night about what's happening in Italy. And right now, you know, they just don't have enough hospital beds. And especially in ICU where people need ventilators and things like that. And they're literally forced with the moral decision of who will we let live and who will we let die. And so one of the things that our government is trying to do is to try to get us ahead of the problem and slow down the curve because of the pressure it will place on our medical staff and our uh, hospital institutions and all that. We do only have any, so many hospital beds. And, you know, here in Clava Falls sometimes, just normal flu season, the place is packed. I mean, you can't even get in. Wait hours in the ER and stuff like that. So, so I'm thankful that they're, they're taking this seriously I don't think there's a huge threat to most of us. I think if you got coronavirus, you'd be fine. You'd probably feel like you had a cold. Uh, you'd probably get a fever, cough. Uh, most of us are relatively healthy. If you're someone who has already got a compromised uh, uh, body as a result of you know, chemotherapy, something like that, then your chances and risks are, are much higher. And that's why I think we need to take it seriously and be respectful of how uh, others, others feel about it uh, but at the same time, it is our human nature to panic. You know what I'm saying? It's just our nature to panic. I'm, in fact, the, the section of scripture, I'm going to read a, a verse to you from, uh, from Luke chapter 8. Remember when the disciples are crossing the lake and Jesus is asleep in the boat and all of a sudden the storm? The scripture calls it a squall. And the reason they use that word to describe it is because it was a sudden, very violent storm that would come up where the Sea of Galilee is located, surrounded by mountains. And when there was a drop in, what, what do they call that? Pressure, uh, thank you, some of you know all that. Barometric pressure, whatever. Sometimes they would get this sudden surge of air into this valley that would turn this lake, so to speak, about the size of Klamath Lake, about the same color too. Uh, seriously. Uh, been on it and seen the algae in it. But anyway, um, it would turn this lake into it like the ocean. I mean, 10-foot waves. And so the disciples uh, are terrified. They're terrified. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I love this. Uh, well, they, they come to Jesus in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 23 through 25. He's asleep, by the way. 
And uh, it says the disciples went and woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. <laughs> it's over. We're going to drown. Isn't it amazing how we panic? Have you ever panicked? I mean, I have. Cheryl and I, when we were first married, we'd get in a fight, and I'd panic. I'd think, okay, it's over. We're getting a divorce. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would. I just, I thought it was over. You know, we got in a fight. It lasted about 30 minutes. And I finally apologized, and it was over. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, my first reaction was to panic. Uh, you know, we're, it's over. We're getting a divorce. Oh, what are we going to do with the kids? Oh, man. You know, I'm just playing all this stuff in my mind. You know, I've been a pastor here, you know, for 33 years now. I can't tell you how many times I've panicked financially. When no one shows up for church, oh, no, it was my sermon last Sunday. It just sucked. It was really bad. You know, and uh, panic is in our nature. If you've got a little money in a 401k right now, you're just, you know, you're just panicked. I mean, am I going to have anything left? I mean, it's just, it's just our nature. How many are thankful we have Jesus in our boat? Okay, here's what it says. Jesus, he got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. Uh, in fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the waters and they obey him. Who is it? Who is Jesus to you? What place does he have in your soul? That's, is Jesus in your boat? And I guess what I'm saying is, he, is he in your soul? I mean, does he really have home in your soul? Does he really have rule in your soul? Because if he really has rule of your soul, you have peace in, a, in the midst of a, a lot of different kinds of storms. I was talking with a brother on Friday morning, and uh, he's had kind of a rocky year this last year or so, uh, out of a job, and he finally gets one with the school system, but it's hourly, it's temp, temp job, so to speak, and uh, now there's no school, so he doesn't get paid again. And uh, so it's been a little bit of a rocky year, and I'm talking with him uh, Friday morning after Bible study, and I, and I say, well, you know, what do you think? How are you doing? He says, I'm just excited about what Jesus is going to do. I mean, that was his response. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited because I got Jesus in my boat. And, and, and if you're someone like me, who's been through a few squalls, so to speak, you've learned that his peace really does carry you through the storm. Jesus has the power to say, peace, be still, within your soul. And as a result, it just takes you through the squall or whatever it is. You're going, it's amazing. He has a peace that passes all understanding. There's something about his authority, something about his presence. And so I'm going to have the worship team come on out and sing us, lead us in that song again. Because I want us to, I want us to take a stand together. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for some of us who have gone through something relationally, maybe in your marriage, and you feel like it's over. And it could be the Lord just wants to give you peace and take you through. You know, rebuilding trust in a relationship is super hard. It, it really is. Rebuilding trust is a process. And uh, so I, I just want to encourage you, stand firm, okay? God called you together for a reason. Stand firm. Could we say stand firm together? Stand firm. Maybe you're starting the, a business at the wrong time, you know? Uh, we're going to have a potentially a recession in our economy and you're just starting out stand firm God gave you a vision he's given you skills given you heart stand firm maybe you're walking through something with uh, adult kids and you know they're trying to navigate their faith and some kind of pathway in their journey and boy I'll tell you I've been there done that and bought the shirt and uh I want to tell you, stand firm. Can we say it again together? Stand firm, okay. Why don't we stand? And when we sing, I'll stand this time, let's, let's dig our heels into the soil a little bit, you know, dig our toes into the dirt a little bit. Let's stand firm and believe God for a future. Jesus stood in the boat, said, peace, be still. They said, who is this? He has more authority, more control over all the things that happen in life throughout the universe 
than we've ever thought or imagined. And for us as a church, what an opportunity for us to love and care. I'll tell you tomorrow, I'm going to be over on my neighbor's porch, you know, knocking on the door. He's a wonderful couple. And just, do you need anything right now? Do you, you could, could Cheryl and I go shopping, you know? They're a little bit older than us, and, and, uh, and we just want to be available to them. We want to be the body of Christ. We want to continue to love, care, and reach during this season uh, in, in the life of our community. So let's take a stand together this morning. So what can I say? What can I do? Offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I'll walk upon salvation, and your spirit alive in me, my life to declare. Your promise, my soul now to stand. So what can I say? I'm so thankful our president uh, called us to, to pray. And, um, so I'm going to invite you to lift your heart, maybe even your hands here to the Lord. and Let's say a prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, you're the one with all power, all authority, all dominion. Lord, you've chosen your church. That's hard for us, Lord, to, to realize that you've called us out, called us out of darkness, Lord, and you called us into your marvelous light. And Lord, you've called your people, and you said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Lord, you've called us together on a national day of prayer to pray 
Lord, for our nation, to pray for our president, to pray for healthcare officials, Lord, to pray for our governors, those in authority over us with the school systems, Lord, to pray for wisdom and guidance and direction. Jesus, we want to stand against this virus, Lord. It's, <clears throat> Lord, it's a physical part of our world. Sometimes physical things represent spiritual battle and spiritual attack. But Lord, we stand against it in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to stop the advance. Lord, we pray that people around the world would be humbled and that they would call on the name of the Lord. Lord, we pray for some of the difficult choices in Italy. Lord, in other nations, Lord, Spain is, is in real trouble. Lord, they're even behind Italy in their preparation. And just the thousands that are going to be touched there. Lord, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. And we pray for grace, Lord, to stop the advance. Lord, there were plagues in Israel's history. And there was a time when David, when that angel of the Lord told him, you need to, to, to go to a specific place and offer a sacrifice. And when he did that, it stopped. And, and so, Lord, we just, Lord, as your people called by your name, Lord, we humble ourselves on this day, March 15th, and pray for a stop of the advance, Jesus, in your strong name. Lord, bring healing to those who are uh, afflicted. Lord, protect those who've been exposed. Lord, repair uh, devastation, economy. Lord, our health systems. Lord, pray as the church that we'd be the body of Christ throughout our community, throughout our nation, and throughout the world, Lord, in nations, Lord, that don't have the health care. Lord, I think of the, the children and the people in Guatemala, they don't have the health care. Lord, we pray for that nation, Lord, that you'd protect them from the advance uh, of this virus, Jesus. We pray for healing. And Lord, I pray for a deeper a deeper place of humility and repentance in us as human beings. Lord, it's you that give us permission to breathe. And Lord, mo most of us don't, don't realize that. Certainly in this wealthy nation of ours, the United States, Lord, we don't understand. Lord, we've turned our back on you and we've removed you from our schools and we've removed you from places of government. Lord, I just... Ask forgiveness for our sins. Lord, I repent, Jesus, on behalf of our nation and ask you for forgiveness, Lord. Lord I, I pray, Jesus, that you would raise up men and women who are humble, men and women who would rely on God, that you would help us as a nation turn from our wickedness invite you to come again Jesus to heal our land we pray that across our nation we pray that for our president we pray that for Lord our own community our governor Lord our own state Jesus we pray these things we know that nothing is impossible for you Lord you stand in the boat you say peace be still so we thank you for that thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in these ways and to accomplish these things in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Could we all say amen together? Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying. Amen. 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 Why don't you go ahead and be seated, and I'm going to entertain you for a while. In Guatemala, uh, most of the children uh, live in extreme poverty, especially the children that live up in the mountains. And most of them don't have electricity, bathroom services, housing, good education. In many impoverished villages around the world, disease and danger are never far away. And for children in the remote villages of Guatemala, it feels like there is no hope. To break this cycle, these children need someone to come to their rescue. 
It is very crucial that the churches that are going to start working with Village of Transformations to start doing the sponsorship program and to start sponsoring kids. You have no idea how impactful it is for the children, for someone to start caring for them. At World Help, we've found that the most effective way you can change someone's life is through child sponsorship. The boys and girls who have sponsors get help with each of their daily needs, like food, education, and medical care, in addition to the new improvements that your church is providing through Village Transformation. Sponsorship and Village Transformation are changing lives all across Guatemala, especially for children like Eleazar. Mi papá no dejó cuando yo tenía siete años. Desde entonces no no he recibido ninguna ayuda. Sin que los patrocin mi patrocinadora viniera no era nada. Después me enteré, me enteré que ellos estaban visitando la aldea seguido por una semana y me dio curiosidad y fui a ver aquí a mi escuela y estaban ellos ahí. Se me acercó Tara y empezó a hablarme de la palabra de Dios. The first day Eliezer came into the village, you could just see like the sadness on his face. And I got another person to speak for us and I was like, I need you just to tell him he's not alone. He's not alone, God is with him. And through Jesus, he can have hope. By the end of the week, this quiet little, shy little boy got on the bus and he said, I just want to thank you for giving me hope. For a child like Eleazar, sponsorship is so much more than just a short-term fix. It's a relationship. When you sponsor a child, you'll have the chance to write to your sponsored child, and you'll have a chance to visit him or her when your church visits the village. Over the years, you will form a special, irreplaceable bond with your sponsored child. I passed time with my patrocinator, Tara. I didn't have hope, but thanks to the patrocinator, I made sure that I would become a professional in this life. Right now, there are many children in your village, just like Eleazar, waiting for someone to rescue them. Some have been waiting for months, others years. These kids are hoping for a miracle. And when you become a child sponsor for just $35 a month, you can be the miracle that they've been waiting for. It is very important to keep doing sponsorship so we can continue with these projects and not only do the building, but continue to transform their lives, and that is how we are going to transform the whole village. To be able to sponsor someone in there, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, there are children in Christ. What cost me $35 a month, which is maybe a dinner out, that's education for them, that's medicine for them. Being able to watch them thrive and grow because of what you've helped do there is just amazing. Changed my life. Eleazar is an incredible example of how sponsorship works alongside Village Transformation. You can be the hero for a child whose future is uncertain. For just $35 a month, you can transform one boy or girl's life forever. These are real people. These are like your kids. My kids. They're real people. And uh, I, I showed you that video this morning because <clears throat> I felt it helped you see what we've been doing as a church for the last four years in, in Guatemala. Uh, 
sometimes as your pastor, I worry about it. Am I doing the right things? You know, this costs a lot of money. I mean, we've probably invested just the teams. Every person that goes spends about $2,500. So, you know, just the teams that have gone over the last four years would probably spend $100,000, you know, just in travel and getting there. And, and then, of course, uh, probably another $80,000 as a church. I'm sorry, I got to blow my nose. No one picked that up. Okay, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and don't shake my hand. Okay, so, <laughs> hug me, El elbow bump. So, um, you know, I, I'm an American, and I'm all about efficiency and effectiveness. I don't know if the rest of you, you know, you're, you're on a daytime or all your life is scheduled. I mean, I run from one thing to another, just like you do. And, and so, are we being effective and are we being efficient? And uh, I want to I report to you, we are. We're changing this village. We're changing these children's lives. After four years, you can visibly see the hope in their face. They're different. And every year we come, they, they're looking forward to seeing us. And we've given the village and we've given children hope and uh, so I just want to take a couple minutes I don't have a lot of time and but I want to take a couple minutes and do a quick overview of our trip here's our team we're standing at a fountain in a little village called Wite and uh, now we're at uh, Hope of Life uh, the base there uh, ha having having dinner Hope of Life is a, a beautiful facility I mean, when you go there, you're not suffering for Jesus, okay? This is a great place. It's got a swimming pool, and uh, it's a place for us to refresh and relax after we've worked in 101 heat all day up in the village, cafeteria, uh, li little uh, coffee shop. You can see the guys. Again, I think it was 101 that day when we, uh, when we were up there working, and we're just relaxing in the evening. It's a place to get ice cream bars <laughs> in the evening. So Hope of Life is wonderful, but there's an orphanage there, and we take time to visit the kids. There's a place for children who are disabled or mentally handicapped. There's an elderly care, kind of like a Plum Ridge place, and we love on those people. This one woman in the purple, she loves dolls, and we took her a doll this year, and she, she just was always holding this little doll. But, uh, you know, we just, we just take a little time to go throughout the village. Uh, we we uh, just shake hands, play bingo uh, with, with people. And then we head up to the hospital and uh, visit the children. One of the things that Hope of Life does is they rescue children. Children that are malnourished, maybe have pneumonia, some disease. There's no health care. We're in villages where there's no health care, and we bring them down to, uh, to stay in the hospital there where they can be cared for. And of course, their parents want to come down with them, and there's a house there for parents to stay in uh, while they're caring for their children up there. So it's a, just a wonderful experience being on this base and being a part of what Hope of Life as an organization is doing. Then Monday morning, we're up about the crack of doom and on the bus by about 7.30, we're headed to the Huite, and then we get in trucks and head up the hill uh, to our little village that's high in the mountains, uh, uh, our little village of La Oscarana. And by the way, we're exhausted on the way home. I mean, we, we really are. But anyway, uh, here's our little village. It's over there on the top of a hill. A uh, beautiful view from up there. But you can see how dry it is. They've had five years of drought. So it's terribly dry. Uh, even the water project that we provided, they're having to ration the water a little bit. Here's the town square, okay? This is the city square right there when we arrive. And uh, just unloading our stuff. The people always run out, help us unload all the things we've brought for that particular day. And, and so, uh, anyway. And then we start visiting families. We go around to each house. There are 90 homes in our little village. And we start loving on the people, asking if they have any medical needs, uh, asking if we could do anything for them or pray for them, what their concerns are in the village. Sometimes they talk about the fact that they're, they're, they can't grow any corn right now and their husbands are having to work down in the, in the valley. This is a home. Go, will you go back to that one, Sonia? My apologies. This is a home we built the first year. Some of you remember, we built a home for a man named Leonardo. And he, he is about 80 years old now. And he had prayed for, he lived in a goat shed. Okay, he lived in a goat shed with animals. 
with his mentally handicapped son and, uh, and a grandson. And um, we decided we want to build a home for someone, so we prayed, who should we build it for? And I felt like the Lord said it was someone with a handicap. And so when they gave us a couple of names, and I heard this man had a handicapped son, I said, he's the one. And so when we started building it, when we were there, that man said, I've been praying for 60 years for a home. And this is an answer to his prayer. So we, of course, visit him. He's there every time, by the way. Every time we arrive, he's there to greet us, tell us thank you. But you can see... Uh, some of the uh, living conditions and so forth. But the people just really appreciate uh, our visit and our care and our love. They don't understand why we love them, but we know it's the love of God. We, of course, build a new uh, classroom for the junior high, and you can see us uh, working on it along with uh, their uh, team from Hope of Life who are pretty experienced at this. You can see all the uh, stuff is mixed by hand, and so it's a lot of work, and uh, you can see the village uh, people jump in and help us, which is a lot of fun to work with them. And, of course, I always have to have a translator to help me translate, but we got the, the thing put together and uh, stucco on the outside, and they put on the roof for us, and then we painted it. Now, I did not pick the paint color, okay, but... That's a little more popular down there than it would be on your house. And here's the classroom we built last year. These are the kids that are using that classroom. Now that classroom is going to be split. Uh, there's the little uh, kitchen and restrooms that we built last year for this little, uh, you could call it a complex if you want, but where they're painting. We painted the whole outside so that it could all be one color. But uh, it's just... Just a lot of fun. We have vacation Bible school in the afternoons. And of course, we get to tell all the kids about Jesus. And Tammy did just a great job leading us uh, with all the activities, crafts, games. Uh, kids love crafts. They just, just love it and they're very proud of their crafts and the things that they make in vacation Bible school. And so uh, it was just a fun week uh, ministering to all the children, playing all the different games we got to play with. And then we gave them all backpacks. Someone in our church gave us some money to buy all the kids in the village a backpack and talk about, turn their crank. They were so excited. They had a backpack. And every day, man, those backpacks were on their back and they were carrying stuff. I don't know what they had, but, but uh, they were so proud of those backpacks. Uh, in, in the afternoons, too, we also do a craft with, uh, with the women. And they are, they are so good. At, at what they do, we gave them some little shopping bags and we hang out with the people just in that little village square there, play soccer, uh, the kids love that and even the adults love it, a little competition with the cows, but <clears throat> uh, there's Jason, uh, but we had fun playing soccer. On Wednesday, we had sponsor day, so the kids were sponsoring, got to come down be with us at Hope of Life. Now, this is like going to Disneyland for them. They, these kids have never been out of the village, ever. And they got to come down and be in this swimming pool. And, uh, and then we got to go on a little tour of Hope of Life. And someone donated a couple of things to Hope of Life. There's a lion and there's a tiger. And uh, so, man, these kids were just really, really excited uh, to spend the, the morning down there with us. We had lunch together. Uh, it was just a, a, a wonderful, wonderful time. And then the ones who didn't get to come down, we got to the sponsored kids. We had to give them your presence. On Wednesday afternoon, we went to the dump. And the dump is a place where people, when we, four years ago, when we started coming, they actually lived there. And they made their living by getting plastic and metal, cardboard. You can see it all stacked up there. And they would sell it to the recycling. They don't get much money for it. But for those with no education, this is how they have to live. And there's a feeding station there. And so, of course, we got to serve the one meal they get a day. We got to serve it there. Uh, to the people, and so I'm going to have you stop for a second, Sonia. Let me tell you something. When I when I went there five years, oh, this is my fifth time, but I think it was four years ago. That feeding station was so full of people, you you, you couldn't believe it. it. It was packed inside. There were people on the outside looking through the fence. They couldn't get in. Okay, and and uh, why don't you back up and kind of show the one that kind of shows the crowd? There's not very many people. Look. Now, that's something to be thankful for because sponsorship, what, what the video talked about, sponsorship is getting these people out of the dump. It's giving people, uh, children, an education and, and it's helping them help themselves. We don't want to give, just give them a fish. We want to 
teach them to fish. You know what I'm saying? And so sponsorship is what helps with medical care and school supplies. And now look, four years ago, you couldn't get in there. And, and now it's so much smaller. And I'm so thankful for that. Hope of Life has been doing this for 15 years there. When they first started, there was 2,000 people coming. And now there's only about 100. So it's had an impact. And I wish, honestly, I wish sometimes the government could do as good a job of helping people get on their feet as Christian organizations. Could someone say amen to that? Not against government programs. I'm glad we try to help. We just do it the wrong way. But anyway, that's another sermon. Uh, (laughs) This is Friday morning, and we're going to dedicate... Uh, the new facility. This is the teacher, the junior high students, and you can see several of them standing there. By the way, stop right here, Sonia. This is the mayor. This is critical. The mayor uh, is down in Huite. It's the biggest little village in this region of Guatemala. Friday morning, I st- we well stopped, and with an interpreter, I went into the mayor's office, and I, I asked, I, I told him, about our church and what we'd been doing up in La Oscarana and ask him if he'd come up to the dedication. And he was kind enough to drop everything and get in his vehicle and follow our pickups up to La Oscarana for the dedication. And he spoke there and he made a decision right there on the spot. To, they needed another teacher and, uh, because now they have two classrooms and a lot of the kids are way behind because, you know, education hasn't been a priority in the past. Now it is, and the kids are really excited about it. They have hope in their eyes. They're going to have a career. Uh, but, but they need someone to help the kids that are way behind to catch up. And, and the mayor was so impressed with us, so thankful for what we were doing. He stayed for the whole party all afternoon, and he gave them another teacher. And that teacher is going to help these children get caught up that are, that are way behind. So it was an awesome, awesome thing. And I'm really... Thankful for what God's doing. You can see there's the junior hires. And this is our little classroom that we provided. And there'll be whiteboards and all that kind of stuff in the classroom. But uh, we got to dedicate it to the Lord. And then we got to have a party that afternoon. Of course, we always have piñatas for the kids. And they just love the celebration. I think that us adults enjoy it just as much as they do. Uh, watching them swing at the piñatas. And, and we have watermelon. And it's always a feast. Everyone's... Super excited about that, and uh, <laughs> kids love it. And then, uh, then we give away clothes. We took down suitcases full of clothes that you and others donated, uh, and you know the people uh, come shop. They get to get three things, and uh, it's interesting. Moms will always shop for their kids first, but you know, just like moms, then we give away food, bag of food for every family, about eight, ninety bags of food. It lasts them for two weeks. Got rice, corn, beans. Uh, it's got some uh, protein products. So we give away food, and then we give away a Bible. See, in Vicky's hand, we had a Bible. And that was the hot item this year. Everyone wanted that Bible. We gave a Bible, thanks to Tammy and money that she raised, gave a Bible to, to every family, and they were so excited to get that. And, uh, and so, in fact, what was interesting, the first thing they did is they went over and they set their food down, and they started opening up the Bibles because they, they were all wrapped in cellophane, plastic to protect them uh, in shipping down there in our suitcases. And they just, they unpacked the Bibles and they started looking at, now half these people can't read, but their kids can. One of the things I encouraged them was, have your kids read to you. Have them, have them read in the New Testament stories about Jesus. And they were just all so thrilled. So thank you for your heart in giving and praying and allowing us to go for a fourth time. We're starting to feel like maybe the initial work in Guatemala at Las Corona may be coming to a close. We're not going to stop our relationship with them. We're going to still, if we go back again, we'll, we'll, we'll go at least one day up to Las Corona and see all the kids and the sponsors can have a chance to meet their kids and all those kind of things. But we're just praying about whether or not the Lord wants us to start in another village because there are so many villages that needed transformation. And so if, we, if that's the direction the Lord gives us next year, we'd raise funds, we'd do a water project, and we'd start all over in another village and touch another village. And it, it, you won't believe the transformation. So, uh, honey, I'm going to have you come on out, and, and I'm hoping she's back there. Oh, there she is. Uh, just give us a list and tell us what we've accomplished and then I'm going to invite Esteban to come up and talk a little bit about the changes he saw in the village this year and uh, 
Thanks for being patient. We're running a little over, but it's a pretty full morning. Okay. Well, I do want to say thank you to each and every one of you because this has been a mission of Klamath Christian Center. Yes, some of us have been hands and feet on ground, but we could not have accomplished what we did without the generosity, the love and support and prayers of each one of you. So when we talk about this mission, we're not talking about the people that have gone. We are talking about what Klamath Christian Center has accomplished in this village. And you truly have transformed a village. So we've taken four teams down. Scott and I have been five times, but we've taken four different teams to do um, missions in the village. And this year we had a team of 13, and it was a blast. We had a wonderful time. But what we have completed in the village of La Oscarana, in June 2017, we completed a water project, bringing fresh water to the village. Let me remind you, this is not fresh water to each person's home, okay? There's 12 distribution points in the village where they still have to walk, but they do have fresh water. So in 2017, in June, we did a water project. We built the home for Leonardo. And then in March of 2018, we completely repaired the school, which is the elementary school, painting, new roof. Um, we put in bathrooms, and for the first time, those children got some playground equipment. And that was a blast. So that was in March in 2018. And that year, March 2018, we gave away 90 food bags. And then in March of 2019, we completed that first junior-senior-high classroom, and we put bathrooms in that area where you saw the junior-senior-high classroom. So that was completed in March 2019. And we also put a little kitchen in there so that they could have food. And it's so humbling to see these big pots of soup and these little kids with this little bowl. And some of them only eat half of it, and then they take the rest home to their family for the rest of the day. So you have impacted their lives. So then um, in 2019, we also um, prepared to build the additional classroom. And um, we gave away 95 food bags last year in March of 2019. This year, we gave away 95 bags of food and Bibles and hygiene kits. Every year, we give hygiene kits to the family, toothpaste, toothbrush, maybe a comb, some soap, basic things for us, life-changing for them. Um, and we were able to help 500 impoverished people in the village of La Oscarana by doing all these projects and changing their future because we've been able to help provide an education for these children. And um, so we not only are transforming their lives physically, but as Esteban will share too, we are doing it spiritually because several people have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior since we began to touch their lives through just being there. So well done, Klamath Christian Center. Yes, we have yeah. accomplished a ton of work, and we thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Han. So um, some of the experiences that I got to um, uh, tell you guys uh, is the people, as we were praying for them, they were praying for us as we were declaring blessings for their economics and their health and their households, they were praying back to us saying like, God, thank you for these people. They have the heart to help us. Uh, bless them, help them, give them health. Um, they come from um, so far away that we uh, pray for them so they, they keep blessing us or somebody else that have more need than us. Um, at Wednesday at the party, uh, that we have for the sponsorship, uh, there were two women that wanted to talk to me, and you know my first thought was like, oh, they wanna, they're gonna ask me for stuff, you know, money or food or whatever. And man, I was wrong. They wanted to uh, share the testimony, saying like how they pray, how they see their kids pray for their meals before they start eating, how all the education has changed them not the adults, but the kids, and now how can they read the Bibles to their parents? Uh, one of the women told me that uh, now she can pray to Jesus because she lost her kid about four years ago, and now she has Jesus to pray 
for to comfort her every single day because she knows that the pain is not going away until she dies. But she has Jesus now on her heart to uh, pray for her or, or to pray with, you know, so that he can comfort her and uh, stuff like that. Uh, um, you know, they don't come to me, ask me for needs. They just wanted to share their testimonies. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I had three people during the week come up and tell me that they received Christ since we came. Um, the one that Esteban just mentioned, her baby had pneumonia the first year we, we went there and uh, we had Mike Amos with us and as a pharmacist, he was able to get antibiotic at the, down at the uh, pharmacy. And so he gave antibiotic, but uh, it wasn't enough. And so uh, Hope of Life came up and brought the child down to their hospital. You saw a picture of the hospital there. They cared for the baby for three, three months, uh, but unfortunately the baby finally died. But like Esteban said, she said, but I received Christ when you came, I committed my life to Christ, and that's made all the difference. It's given me hope. And the mayor, uh, the second uh, year we were there, we had a pastor's, little pastor's conference. And uh, conference, that's an exaggeration. We had a gathering of pastors to worship together and pray. Here's their testimonies. Well, the mayor was there, and he said, he said, I'm not a Christian. And I said, you know, I got to talk with him about receiving Christ. And, of course, he, he felt like God couldn't forgive him. Has anyone ever felt like that? <laughs> he didn't feel like God could forgive him. And I explained he could and read some scripture. Anyway, he prayed with us to receive Christ. When we got there, the first day, he walked up to David Chavner and said, Remember me? I prayed three years ago to receive Christ. Big smile on his face. And then one girl that prayed with us to receive Christ when we were doing house visitations reminded me that she had prayed with me four years ago to receive Christ. So that's pretty exciting to, to hear what God has done. We have another video for you. I just, I know I'm way over time, so I don't think we'll show it. We'll have to show it another time. Uh, so uh, it, it's a video we put together about our experience at the, at the, at, at Las Grotas. But while we stand together, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on out. And what we're going to do is play a song as you're heading out the door. Don't touch anyone. <clears throat> Just teasing. Uh, but uh, they'll play as, as we head out the door. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this in prayer. I, I do, like my wife, uh, thank you so much for partnering with A Vision to help touch, transform, and change uh, a number of people's lives. And, and let me, Sonia, go ahead and put up that last scripture. Here's, here's what the Lord spoke to me on Thursday morning while I was there. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I, I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm doing far more than you think I am. All you need to do is obey. You just need to go. You just need to offer yourself. You just need to give. You just need to love. And I'll build my church. I'll do exceeding abundantly anything you can think or imagine. And I just got such a sense that God is at work in that village and in that country. And I'm so thankful that our church has been a part of it. So, Jesus, here this morning, we thank you for one another. Lord, I thank you for helping us navigate this season ahead as a church. And for those watching online, Lord, I just pray blessing and uh, help us know how to be the church. Lord, we want to stay connected. We want to be a family, whether it's online or here in the sanctuary. So lead us and guide us through this season together. Lord, we pray blessing on those in La Oscarana. Remind them of your faithfulness and your love today. And Lord, just move by your spirit in our lives to strengthen and encourage our faith and help us stand firm. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And I want you to know that you are dismissed and uh, you're free to go, but we're going to sing a song as you head out the door. <laughs>